Uh, but to be fair, in the comic books, Nick Fury has looked like David Hasselhoff and Samuel Jackson, so it's kind of perfect casting, really. It would be so good. I would totally watch a TV show that was an hour long of Samuel L. Jackson arguing with a car that could argue back. <laughs> I, that would oh. be my favourite TV show ever. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He'd do it, though. That's the best part. He would! Yeah! He's just... Get a, make this happen! <laughs> yeah. He's just that kind of guy. Oh, oh dear. Uh, well, if he can do things like snakes on the plane, of course he's going to do Knight Rider. Come on. Yeah. Like, like obviously, yeah, like, get him to play someone else, and, like, you'll get any younger guy to play Michael Knight and stuff, and basically every episode starts with, with Samuel L. Jackson getting into his Knight Industries 2000, and he just has a gigantic yeah. argument with the car. <laughs> it cuts away to the younger guy, Michael Knight, with his Knight Industries 3000, and he goes off and has the big action adventure and chases down the bad guys and does the slow motion jumps and everything. At the end of the episode, he's like... Well, we saved the day again. Cuts back to Samuel L. Jackson still arguing with the car. <laughs> the end. That would be the best thing ever. I'd watch that. I would still watch that. I, I think, would binge watch that. I think everybody on the planet would have to watch that. It, it, it would be mandatory. Yeah, in my world, if I was king of the universe, I, if I had the Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> I would, one, make that series happen... And two, make everyone love it. Forget about destroying half the universe, just make that happen. Yeah, with a snap of my fingers, That's there it right. is. Knight Rider, starring Samuel L. Jackson. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson, David Hasselhoff, and Chris Pratt. Yes! God, yes. Who's the voice of Kit? Um, hmm. Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Jr. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> see that see that we're on the same wavelength yeah, this is going to work that's right this is going to happen I'm going to start writing <laughs> scripts for this oh god yeah oh. Night Rider a shadowy flight into the world of a man who argues with a car <laughs> <laughs> but oh Samuel L. Jackson plays Michael Knight Jr Michael Knight Jr yeah David Hasselhoff shows up and goes, Now, son, you've really got to stop <laughs> arguing with this car and solve crimes. But, Dad, it keeps <laughs> wanting me to go in third. I want to go in fifth gear. <laughs> you just hear Robert Downey Jr.'s voice. Get your finger out of the cigarette lighter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, yes. The yeah. more I think about this, the more I want it. Yeah. I'm actually feeling sad now. This doesn't exist. <laughs> Uh, we would do episode reviews of it every single episode yeah, that came absolutely. out right after it the podcast goes out Knight Rider oh god the Knight Rider podcast yeah, reviewing right. episode one well, no, I, I thought I thought Samuel L. Jackson's argument with Robert Downey Jr.'s character in this episode was was it felt quite forced didn't it yeah, yeah but it was awesome <laughs> rather <laughs> subpar I mean he, could, he didn't yeah, have but, enough emotion yeah, he didn't use the word motherfucker enough. That's right. So, <laughs> I mean, he only used it 16 times in this episode, so and there like, I thought enough... that was quite lackluster. And there weren't enough snakes on the plane. No, there weren't, and I didn't really get the sense that he'd had enough of them. 
<laughs> and they didn't. And you got to put John Travolta in there as like the villain. Yeah, who randomly just shoots guys in the head That's in the back right. of his car. And he yeah. make and he like, makes that joke. What do you call a? What uh, whatever the joke is, and quarter pounder with cheese. Oh, oh yeah, Royale with cheese. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you know what they put? Uh, do you know what they put in their French fries in Holland instead of ketchup? Yeah, that's right. mayonnaise. They do it, man. They drown them in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh god. And then Bruce Willis opens a briefcase every episode. Yeah, he's like. Do you know what should happen in every single episode? And it's it's like Kenny in South Park. Like, oh John Travolta should always open a bathroom door. There's Bruce Willis just standing with a submachine <laughs> gun. Shoots him to death and walks away eating a Pop-Tart. <laughs> and that should happen in, at the end of every single episode. But the, the twist is, it's a different bathroom. What? Every time this character goes to the toilet, the second he flushes and opens the door, just Bruce Willis magically appears with a gun and kills him. <laughs> oh, and Uma Thurman's the love interest. Yes, she is. Yeah, and uh, Harvey Keitel can be some character. I don't know. No, he's he's the head of Night Industries. That yep, yep, <laughs> absolutely yep. Uh, Christopher Walken, who would he be? Oh, he would be the henchman. Yeah, yeah, he'd be the henchman. He'd be he'd be <laughs> the one that comes in and and does all the terrifying threats and stuff. But then they beat him by running him over with 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 Kit. Every single episode. Oh, every episode. They find new ways to jump a car over a small incline and knock Christopher walking over. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh my God, you you just hit me with your car." That has the Cylon little blinker thing in the front, and now I'm down, and you're going to arrest me. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but each episode's in a different universe, but all the same characters. Yes, just one yes, big, it is. So one big it's, it's, it's like the Twilight Zone meets Knight Rider and the MCU and Pulp, and Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yep. <laughs> And every single episode, Christopher Walken has to talk about how he stuck a watch up his ass. <laughs> I wore this uncomfortable hunk of metal up my ass for seven years. Got dispatched, I came home. Now I give the watch to you. Don't lick it. <laughs> Never put it near your mouth or your eyes. But it's a very priceless heirloom. Anyway, um, <laughs> the yeah. Soldier. So, um, Winter Soldier, man, it's it's mad crack. Go out and watch it. Yeah, or or download it illegally. I don't care. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, if, if you're ever at some sort of festival where someone's handing out copies of it, grab one. <laughs> You'll be <Yeah>. pleasantly surprised. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the Goddamn Galaxy. Now, Not- there is a movie that, by all intents and purposes, shouldn't work, and yet but somehow it does. does. And it doesn't come from a very rich background. Like I didn't, I never read any of the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. I never even really knew about them up until the movie came out. Um, no, I never watched it either. 
uh, or yeah. never um, never read any yeah. of the comic books at all. Which doesn't actually matter because after watching the movie and yeah. instantly falling in love with it, yeah. I went back and, and like picked up a couple of the issues. Yeah, and it's it's just nothing like what nah, the movies are. Nah. It's radically different. Yeah. Um, and they are, that group isn't even the original Guardians. It was the Sylvester Stallone and the yeah, Iceman yeah, or whatever was, his name is. Uh, yeah, it was the characters that you see in uh, in, in volume, volume two. two. Yeah, and Howard the Duck, but. And Howard the Duck, of course. But, uh, <laughs> which, <laughs> which is the yeah, first Marvel movie. Oh, good God. Duck tits. Woo. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, yeah, no, um, Howard the Duck, man. That's, that's a movie that scarred me heavily as a kid. Because uh. the DVD, or sorry, the VHS copy fell off a shelf once and hit me. But, God. yeah, it's... <laughs> It's what the hell is that movie? Possessed. Like you, you've got Marty's mom from Back to the Future, yeah, wanting to have sex with <laughs> what is clearly a little person in a duck costume, <laughs> yeah. while a gigantic evil-looking monster runs down a gigantic space beam. Oh god! Like it's it's yeah. a terrifying motion picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thanks for that one, George Lucas. Did he do that? Yeah, he was involved in it somehow. I think yeah. it was Lucasfilm or 20th Century Fox or something. Oh, God. But I know that George um, Lucas was involved in it somehow. Oh, he's the one that came up with the idea of turning the comic book into a movie. Another oh. fantastic idea from George Lucas. God. Yeah, so, traumatising. But yeah, like it's, it's between Hard the Duck and that weird space monster thing at the end... And then the fact that Hard, like, does that thing where he tricks everyone into thinking that the evil space monster has arrived or something. Yeah. Or, like, taken over his body. Uh, that scarred me as a kid. It's a toss-up between that and the bit at the end of Superman 3 where the girl gets yeah. turned into a robot. Oh, my God. That is so What scary. the hell is it with I comic book movies from the past screwing with us at a young age? I don't know. It's... Holy hell. Do you know what? The ending of Superman 3, where she gets turned into a robot, traumatised me that much. I actively forgot about it. <laughs> until I started having PTSD-style flashbacks as God. a kid. Where I was like, where the hell have I seen that before? Because I, oh. I was like, I was sitting with a couple of my friends and we're trying to tell ghost stories and annoy each other. And I come up with a story about this man that gets pulled into a machine that he created. And the machine turns him into a machine and kills him. Yeah, and I was like where the hell have I seen that I know I've seen that before I'm not creative enough to have made that up yeah. where have I seen that and then a couple of years later I'm watching Superman 3 on TV again there it is Yeah, freaking the hell out of me man that's I was always traumatised by Terminator 2 and the liquid metal Terminator that freaked me out Terminator 2 and the what sorry the liquid metal Terminator the T-1000 See, that never freaked me out. I always thought Terminator 2 was really cool when I was growing up. Because, yeah, a mate introduced me to it. And he was like, oh, cover your eyes. This is this is the really messed up bit. Cover your eyes. Do you know what it was? It's that panning shot before they get to Enrique's place in the desert. Yeah. Where you see the snakes all hung up on the chain link fence. Oh, yeah. He was like, cover your eyes. It's really gross. I was like, dude. <laughs> with, like, 
like this is a movie that includes Linda Hamilton's character in a dream sequence getting her skin and organs blown off in a nuclear fire this is a movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger takes a knife to his arm and pulls the skin off his arm revealing the robot endoskeleton underneath and you're telling me to cover my eyes during a bit where you see some dead snakes what the hell's wrong with you as a person yeah that's yeah no Terminator 2 what a movie yeah not a Marvel movie but still <laughs> awesome go watch it if you haven't except James Cameron's a dickhead or whatever but anyway yeah yeah he's a massive twat but yeah yeah Guardians <sighs> oh, of the Galaxy God. yeah like James Cameron actively came out and said Terminator Genesis was good that yeah. is twat behaviour yeah and said that yeah, Star Wars anyway. was stupid <laughs> oh my god Go and make your 19 Avatar movies and shut yeah. the hell up. I hate that movie but so yeah. much. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, Guardians of the Galaxy is always going to be very special for me. Yeah. Uh, because Cosplay. it came out in 2014. I lost my mum at the start of that year. Oh, yeah. And it feels like Guardians of the Galaxy was a movie that was made for me. Yeah. Because... I, I remember sitting down in the cinema and it immediately starts with this this boy losing his mom. Yeah. And I just remember looking at that going, Okay, universe, what are you trying to tell me here? Yeah. That I'm gonna hate this movie or what? And like as it goes on, it turns out the entirety of the first Guardians movie is about a guy dealing with the death of his mom. Yeah. And I thought that was really lovely. And immediately after that movie came out I went out and picked up one of the Walkman uh, oh, yeah. models used in that movie so I actually own uh, yep. like a proper working version of it I actually own two of them now there's one that oh. works so you can actually pop in the awesome mixtape and play it yep. uh, and then there's one that doesn't work it doesn't even have any internals that oh, you yeah. can put on your belt if you're cosplaying at a comic book uh, oh, yeah. convention but yeah uh, so that movie kind of spoke volumes to me pun intended yeah <laughs> uh, like the the characters are excellent. Uh, the one character I never expected to like was Drax, yeah, because he's being played by a wrestler. They're never yeah. really known for having awesome comedy skills or acting skills. Yeah, uh, Dave Batista knocked it out of goddamn park as Drax. Like Damn straight. <laughs> with uh, the fact that he like the whole thing where he doesn't understand what a metaphor is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God damn priceless. And the <laughs> fact that like he is so blunt as well. Yeah. The bit where he says, Peter Quill, you are my friend. <laughs> this large tree, he is my friend too. And this green whore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh you must stop. <laughs> oh, like yeah. oh my god, Drax, unbelievable character. Like all of them work so well. Bradley Cooper is Rocket. Even Groot yeah. has like one of my favourite ever group mo- um, moments in the first movie is the bit where like all these bad guys are running toward them and Groot whips out a vine that cuts yep. them all in half. Yeah. And not only that, but then uses the vine to beat the shit out of the rest <laughs> of the guys that were chasing them. And after this, inter- uh, this intense, horrible, violent act, he pulls the vine back, turns around, and gives the cutest puppy dog smile you've ever seen in your life. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, I just remember looking at it going... Yeah, yeah, I like this character. That's yeah. great. <laughs> and he's just—he's just a tree man. 
He is. He's a tree man, but my God. And honestly, the end of that movie, man tears. Yeah. Genuine man tears. We are Groot. Yeah. Pop, like, three words, one of them's a nonsense word anyway, <laughs> but three words nonetheless that, had you said that to me before I saw that movie, would I would go, sorry, have have you been locked in a room watching Thor The Dark World on repeat <laughs> for the last five days or something? What's what's wrong with you? Yeah, but... <laughs> But now you say that to me, I will. I I I tell you now, man. My eyeballs are moistening uh. themselves as we speak. <laughs> man, like that 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 cut me deep. Um, but yeah, like another great thing about Guardians of the Galaxy is, without a doubt, the music. Yeah, like, absolutely. The awesome mix, Volume One. Like a lot of people would say, it's better than the awesome mix, Volume Two. Yeah, I, you know, like from. An everyday standpoint, I'm inclined to agree because Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a very light-hearted movie. You've got Red Bone on there with Come and Get Your Love. Great yep. way to kick off the film. Um, you know, you've got, uh, what the hell, like Jackson 5 and all's on it. Yep. Uh, there's a David Bowie track on it. Yeah. Uh, is the Pena Colada song in that first one or the second one? What one is it? The Pena Colada song. Pena Colada, yeah. Um, Escape. That's that's in uh, the first one as well. So yeah. it, it focuses on a lot of well-known kind of pop sort of seventies yeah. tracks that are well-known. Blue uh, suede. Um, yeah, blue suede is on there as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Obviously made popular in Reservoir Dogs that everyone yeah. forgets, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, like the use of the music is so goddamn perfect because. Yeah. It really helps break you in as an audience member to this insane world. Yeah. Because it tells you in the first five minutes exactly what you're in for. Yeah. Because I was sitting I was sitting watching it and yeah, it starts with this little boy being abducted by aliens <laughs> after his mom dies of cancer. Uh, and you just go, What the hell am I looking at? But then yeah. it starts with we're in deep space. <laughs> yeah. We land on the planet. And this guy gets out wearing this big leather coat. He's got the mask on. He's using his space gadgets and everything. And he's he's walking up to the tomb, Indiana Jones style, <laughs> as the credits are playing. And you've got this 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 orchestral oh, yeah. sort of thing playing. And you're going, oh my god, what the hell is this nonsense? <laughs> and then, boom, away goes the mask. He's Chris Pratt takes out the Walkman, the same Walkman we saw the little boy use at the start of the movie so we know who this character is it's yeah. a great little visual link puts the Walkman on his belt hits play, starts dancing and just as the beat drops, just as the first hey just as that kicks in, boom Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. in a big widescreen with a little tiny Chris Pratt dancing in the corner <laughs> and he 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 walks the whole way through this previously flooded tomb. Yep. Singing to this song with his headphones on, bopping away like it doesn't matter. And you just sit there and go, "This is this is the greatest movie ever made." Yeah. That's all I needed to see. This is uh, this is immediately fantastic. You've got great performances by uh, John C. Riley yep. as uh, Roman Day. Uh, you've got uh, Peter Serafinovitz oh, who is man. a fantastic comedian yeah. uh, he, he's also the voice of Darth Maul ironically yeah, enough that's right uh, <laughs> playing <laughs> um, 
Oh, yeah, Glenn Close as well. Like you've this really mad eclectic bunch of actors yeah. who are in what 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 could so easily have been one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, like like this one foot out of place. This could have been the modern generation's hard the duck. Yeah. This could have been terrible. But somehow it was like the perfect Rube Goldberg machine. Everything mixes with everything else. Everything knocks on to everything else. Fits and slots together so perfectly. And creates this insane movie that I genuinely love. Yep. It is fantastic. And on an interesting side note, I was, well... Depends on what your definition of the word interesting is, but you know what? It's my story. I'm going to tell it, all right? So just listen, all right? And it's a quick story. It'll be over soon. And we'll talk about more Marvel movies, all right? All right. But anyway, so <laughs> so I was in uh, Majorca yep. during uh, like the summer of 2014, yep. and I was watching the TV, and yeah, they had some English programs. Most of it was in Spanish, and... <laughs> A TV like clip, like a TV trailer sort of advert comes on for Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm sitting watching it, going like, "Yeah, that's that weird movie that's coming out. That's that's the new Marvel movie, isn't it? Like it looks mental, but like you know they're the same company that did the Avengers, so I'm sure it's worth a go." Yeah. And at the end, like the logo comes up, but it doesn't say Guardians of the Galaxy. It says Guardianas de la Galaxia, and even the voiceover guy says it, and I'm like. Huh. So that's what Guidance of the Galaxy is in Spanish. <laughs> so the moral of this long meandering tale, gentle listeners, is the fact that Guidance of the Galaxy, when translated to Spanish, is Guardianes de la Galaxia. Yay! My pointless story's over. Anyway, Marvel <laughs> movies. <laughs> Essential. Absolutely. Yes, it is. <laughs> um... <laughs> that, that's that's my gift in life is to tell pointless stories that go nowhere. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what was after that? Ant Man and Age of Ultron, wasn't mm, it? No, it was Age of Ultron first, then and then Ant Man was after it. Yeah. So Age of Ultron's fine. Age of Ultron is basically it's the Iron Man two of the Avengers movies. Yeah. It's basically, oh yeah, uh, Infinity War's coming out in a couple of years, so uh, here's a recap on where all the soul, where all the Infinity Stones are. Well, even just Civil, it's more of a precursor to Civil War than anything, I would have said. Yeah, that too. But um, it's it's it feels like it's it's a movie that's spinning its wheels. It's going, hey, it's another adventure with the team. Yeah. Uh, where everything goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, James Spader is oh, Ultron. Man. There are no like, strings on me. Yeah. Ah, uh, God. Love him. There, there is only one path to peace. Your extinction. Ah, <laughs> uh, oh. so good. I like. It's it's the weird comedy bits where he goes like. Um, I'm just trying to think of one off the top of my head. When he's in where South he, like, Africa, he can't remember what the name of what children are. Uh, yeah. His interactions yeah, yeah, yeah. with uh, Ulysses Claw, yeah, who's also introduced in this movie, um, is great. Who is fantastic, and definitely one of the standout uh, characters from Black Panther as well. Yeah, but yeah, like he's 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 mad crack in that movie. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, but Jim Spooner as, as Ultron is yeah. fantastic. And and look, the fact that he's based off of Tony Stark as well, which yeah. is so good. Because it goes like, uh, you don't have to destroy anything to create. Clearly, you've never made an omelette. He beat me by one second. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, apart from that, it's it's nonsense. There's a big fighty fight between the Hulk and the Hulkbuster. Yeah, yeah. And Hawkeye's family. And... Uh, yeah, there's there's Hawkeye on a farm. Everyone thinks Hawkeye's going to die, but it turns out it's... Uh, it's the really fast guy that no one really liked anyway that gets shot to death. Yeah. Uh, Scarlet Witch is in it. She's yeah. uh, she's his brother. Uh, he's fast. She's weird. Uh, it's this whole thing. Yep. They're done. Mad. Um, Hulk gets on a big super jet and flies off to do Thor Ragnarok. Yep. Uh, <laughs> well, Thor flies off to do Thor Ragnarok as well. Yeah, Thor buggers off halfway through the movie just to uh, get into the the mystical hot tub <laughs> yeah. and talk about Infinity Stones. Um, yeah, uh, that's that's really about it. Yeah, <laughs> essential? Mm, not really. To a degree, I mean, Ultron, and it's only essential for Civil War, really. But if yeah, you s- the fact that it introduces Vision as well. Yeah, that as well. So. Yeah, um, w- watch it, but yeah. have a bottle of scotch sitting next to you. Yeah, just, you don't, just entertain yourself during the boring moments. Don't pay too but, much attention. Yeah, yeah, fade but, in and out. Yeah, if you want. that that that's about it. Yeah. So then, Ant Man, which a lot of people didn't like, a lot of people loved it. You either love it or you hate it, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I liked it. I yeah. actually preferred it to Age of Ultron. Yeah. And that's... Is that Paul Rudd that's... Yeah, that's that's Paul Rudd and Evangeline Lilly. Uh, yeah. Paul Rudd, the, the the sex panther guy from Anchorman, and, Evang- <laughs> and Evangeline Lilly, the chick that everyone wanted to nail and lost. <laughs> so, so they team up with um, the guy from Basic Instinct that has yep. a lot of sex with Sharon Stone <laughs> um, to fight... The guy from lost out. Yeah, the guy from House of Cards that lost out to playing Obadiah Stane in the first Iron Man movie. Did he? Because he was terrible. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, just basically, he's he's not a bald bad guy that wears an evil version of the the hero's suit. Uh, And and he's also an idiot as well because he's sitting going like, "I want to break into this whole like shrinking technology thing and." And like, I want to build a suit just like Hank Pym did. Dude, yeah. you invented a gun that turns people into a small bit of goo. <laughs> sell that! Yeah. You're there. You sell, made it. Yeah, sell it to the army or something. Yeah, sell that to the army. How amazing would that be? Minimal yeah. body clear-up as well after you've slaughtered everyone. Yeah. Just, just everyone in your army just has to take out their little napkins and just go about wiping up the goop and putting it into a <laughs> toilet. Uh, and and Michael Pena and Michael Pena yeah they like one of the best little supporting character movies ever like where he's telling his little stories yeah Um, I know that Edgar Wright was originally working on this movie for about 10 years before he gave up because Marvel were like well yeah but you have to fit it in with the rest of our movies because that's kind of how it works these days 
But so it's it's a crime scene that Edgar Wright couldn't play ball with yeah. Marvel. But like I mean I do I love Edgar Wright. Like I love Baby Driver, I yeah. love the Cornetto trilogy, I love yeah. the 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 kinetic mad hilarity of, of the way he makes movies. I think the only thing really left over from his version of events is Michael Pena's character and the way he delivers exposition. Yeah. Like that that to me, the second I saw it just screamed Edgar Wright. Yeah. Uh like I think he wrote probably about a third of the script when he left. And I think they yeah, kept it was actually him and Joe Cornish, I think it was. Uh, Joe Cornish is yeah. from Adam and Joe. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. No. Uh, the Adam and Joe show, that was fantastic back in the day. That was um, like one of the best English comedies ever. Yeah. But yeah, no, because like, Joe Cornish did Attack the Block as well. He wrote it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, so yeah, he's actually becoming a pretty decent writer in, in, yep. uh, in the big movie business these days. But yeah, so that was fun. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm man. It's it's good. It's fun. It's innocent. I like yeah. it. Yeah, it's good. It's got a big Thomas yeah. the Tank Engine at the end. What's to hit? Yeah, if if you're gonna watch it for anything, watch it for that. Yeah, yeah. Like that. That's the moment that's the the put bums on seats in the cinema. Like. Yep. Massive yep. Thomas the Tank Engine and massive ant at the end under the table. And the world's ugliest bunny. Yeah. He's so ugly. I love him. <laughs> yeah, well done, kid. Here, have a Mars bar. Go back to your trailer. <laughs> anyway, essential or not? Because he's not in... Mm, not essential, <laughs> no, but still worth a look in. Yeah. Like, if if you love Thor The Dark World, this movie is not for you. <laughs> Said nobody ever. God. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, uh, and then what was after that? It was Civil War, and then it was Doctor Strange. It was indeed yes, another yep. two uh, excellent movies. Yeah, Civil War, I'd say, is a mandatory watch. Yeah, definitely. Because that's that's your last sort of big lead in before all the the heroes are now yeah. in, in Infinity War. Yeah. Uh, yeah, again, another fantastic movie. I I don't know where I would rate it if it's higher or lower than Winter Soldier. Um, is it, like it's branded as Captain America, but is it really? It's more of an Avengers. It's yeah, like it's Avengers two point five. Really, yeah. yeah, that's what it is. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know what the hell is going on at Marvel. But Anthony and Joe Russo yeah. and Christopher Marcus and Stephen McFeely, the writers, they're three for three. Yeah. Like, I've never seen such talent before. Like, Winter Soldier, I thought, oh, that's a really great movie. Yeah. But maybe we won't get a movie that good for, you know, maybe another ten years or so. Yeah. Uh, come Civil War, everyone was thinking, oh, this is going to be crap because in the comics there was a million different heroes all fighting yeah. each other and it was crazy. And, and this one, it just looks like a couple of idiots in cosplay having a punch-up at an airport. And it's like, well, no, you you don't understand that because you don't have any context for it. Yeah. Because, yeah, in the comic books, it's amazing yeah. to see all these different heroes, you know, divided so much and into two different factions. Like, to have the whole thing where 
um, Tony Stark is Peter Parker the Iron Spider suit and then he yeah. reveals his identity to the world and stuff like those are really yeah. heavy moments from the comics which wouldn't translate at all no. to the Civil War movie so you have to sort of make sacrifices and you yeah. have to change it around and the movie does this really fantastic job of exploring yeah. both sides of the argument about the Sokovia Accords Yeah. yes we should sign them yes we should have responsibility because like you know, we've we've indirectly murdered people. Not as not to the the depressing suicidal level of uh, Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, <laughs> where just like millions of people are being slaughtered. Yeah. You know, but still there is you know uh, there's ramifications to it all. Like there's, there's yeah. consequences to to their actions. They can't just be this team of of superhero people that go about thinking they can police the world yeah. but then on the other side of that coin Captain America has a very valid point where he says regimes change exactly. and what if we end up becoming the bad guys what if we're enforcing the wrong thing we yeah. need to have our own freedom to determine who we work for why why we do the things that we do and it just goes back and forth so brilliantly but then the real sucker punch comes at the end where you think that the the massive airport fight, yeah, that's the end of the movie, it's all done. No, it's not. It's just nah. getting started because you have the bigger overarching theme of the Sokovia Accords being why the heroes are so divided. Yeah. But the real, the emotional gut punch comes at the end where all throughout the movie we've been seeing what is essentially a gigantic misdirect where the Winter Soldier had to steal these five super soldier capsule things yeah. from a car... And you're wondering, what the hell is this all about? And then it turns out, oh, Zemo's going to yeah. go to this research facility and release them all. And the ending's going to be Captain America, the Winter Soldier and Iron Man all teaming up to take on these super soldiers and beat the crap out of them. And that's how yeah. the movie ends. No, it doesn't. <laughs> there, there, yeah, Zemo appears, shoots them in the head. And then goes, oh, yeah, by the way, Iron Man, um, the guy with the metal arm over there, yeah, he killed your mum and dad. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. great storyline, great uh, action as always. Introduces Black Panther and Spider-Man flawlessly. As well as having to do the heavy lifting of putting Tony Stark in an emotional place with his relationship with Pepper and yeah. also with introducing the barf technology and, and that whole flashback at the start with his mum and dad uh, Captain America's just lost Peggy Carter yeah uh, and, and, and all this crap in between and I don't know how they did it yeah. oh yes and the fact that all these superheroes that we've seen built up over the last couple of years they have to have their moment too and they yeah. have to have their side of the debate they have to have their big action sequence moment I don't yep. know how the hell they did it and it's like, missing like two of the biggest players as well Hulk and Thor they're not in it at all yeah they're not even in it and they're not missed either no because <laughs> no. obviously they're off having wacky space adventures with yeah. Taika Waititi <laughs> but yeah uh, <laughs> like I'm, I'm amazed I'm genuinely amazed. Like, no wonder they got them back to do Infinity War. Because, yeah. they, and again, they pulled it out of the bag with Infinity War. Yeah. How did they make a deal with Satan? <laughs> like, it's, it's impossible to make a comic book movie featuring all these characters, all these different plots, everything going on so well. 
and somehow they do it. They've done it now twice. Yeah. They did it with Civil War, and now they've done it again with Infinity War. And that, and it's, neither of them turned out like any of the Transformers, which is no amazing. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I still need time to process this. The fact that they they did it and they did it so goddamn well. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Civil War, like mandatory view. Yeah. You have to watch this film. <laughs> It should be illegal like, if you don't watch it. Yeah, again, if I'm president of the universe one day, <laughs> every person on this planet will own a copy of Civil War yeah. and I will watch it every Sunday right after church and before secondary church, the Church <laughs> of Marvel. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Civil War. Great. Brilliant. Fantastic. Watch it. Probably a very close second after Iron Man for me for favourite Marvel movies. Wow, really? You'd rate it that high? Yeah, it's... It's just the dynamic... I think it's mostly the dynamic between Cap and Tony Stark because Tony's still that arrogant dickhead and he's... You know, he's kind of... Yeah, and you've been been seeing that relationship building and building and building since the first movie because obviously, like... A lot of people sort of criticise Marvel for going... Oh, you just make basic cookie cutter comic book movies like yeah. there's, there's no real depth like there is with DC yeah. and Batman v Superman and all. It's like, well, no, Marvel movies on the surface, you can sit and enjoy them. Yeah. As they're they're big fun dumb blockbuster movies. But if you want to sit there and analyze them and unpack them, you can. Yeah. And the great thing about having so many movies now isn't the fact that you're going to get franchise fatigue anytime soon because they each have something important to say not you Thor the Dark World sit back down and shut up <laughs> but for the rest of them they have something to say and they have something to add to the universe Yeah. so for example with um, with with Tony and Steve's relationship the reason why they are so sort of out of touch with each other and so bitter with each other is the fact that for years all Tony wanted was the approval of his dad he never got it we saw that in Iron Man 2 when you see Hard Stark trying to record the thing for the Stark Expo and Tony wanders in as a little boy and he says get him out of here you know like all he wanted was the approval of his dad and yet while growing up all his dad ever talked about was I was friends with Captain America I saved the world with Captain America Captain America gave his life to save us all you know, and so then that's why you get that great line yeah. where <coughs> he says, "That's the guy my dad would never shut up about." <laughs> you know, yeah. so that's why they're they're so on edge. And then with Steve Rogers, he despises Tony because he's everything that Steve isn't. Yeah, you know, Steve is is this is this hero that appreciates what he has. He appreciates the power that he's been given. Whereas Tony Stark doesn't. He, he sees it as something subsidiary to, to himself. It's just, yeah, I can throw away billions of pounds or billions of dollars and, and build this advanced robotic fighting suit. And I can get drunk in it and piss in it. And I can go, like, flounder about and save the universe with it and be this really cocky, smug dickhead of a character. Yeah. And he doesn't respect the power that, that he has in that suit. So it was a, like so interesting a dynamic to see that switch in Civil War, yeah. where Tony Stark went from the guy that was like, "Ha, the government can kiss my ass. You can't have my super suits." Like he switched and became 
no, we, we need to be put in check. We have to be put in control. Yeah. And Steve Rogers being the guy that went from, yes, sir, no, sir, three bags full, sir. He went from being the, the ultimate soldier to saying, well, no, I don't agree with what you're doing. I don't agree with the people in charge. I think you're keeping secrets. Like, obviously, the whole thing with Hydra uh, yeah. overtaking shields and, and, and sort of rising up throughout shields. That was enough to put him on the opposite side of that for him to go, no, we need to work on our own here. We need to be left to our own devices because we can't trust whoever's in charge. Yeah. <clears throat> and then it all comes back to that iconic line of, like, you're not a soldier, Stark. You know, like, you wouldn't lie down on a, on a wire and, and have your the rest of your squad climb over you. And, he, and Tony has the great line back saying, no, I just cut the wire. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. You're absolutely so it's great right. for it to to hit boiling point. Yeah, and it's 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 that great moment at the end of Civil War whenever you know Captain America wins. Yeah, like he he kicks the crap out of Tony, and like Tony's last act of desperation is to go. You don't deserve that shield. My yeah. father made that shield. Yep. And it's such a perfect loaded moment. And Captain America, because he is of such virtue and truth, even though you have that great line from Zemo earlier where he says, your eyes always look so blue, Captain, but now that I see them for real, there's a little bit of grey in there. Like, yeah. that, that says so much. Yeah. So the fact that Steve Rogers feels the need to drop that shield and leave it with Tony... Like it's and and that you know for a fact that's getting paid off in the next Avengers movie. Yep. Absolutely. But oh my god, Civil War. Yeah. Like you could write a book about it. They did. It's called Civil War. I <laughs> know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can write a book analyzing that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you could sit there for days just going like this is what this line means. Oh my god. Yep. Uh, yeah, mandatory. Otherwise, we'll come to your house and beat the shit out of you. Yes, it's essential. I will break your knees. <laughs> <laughs> they made a movie about that. It's called I, Tonya. Yes, they did. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Uh, but it's got yes. the new Margot Kidder in it. Yeah, um, based on true events. Yeah. Anyway, Doctor Strange... Dr. Stephen Strange. He's basically Iron Man, except he's he went to Harry Potter's school for wizards. Yeah, and he's got your name. Yeah, he does, which is awesome. And also, my nickname in school was Stephen Strange. So, yeah. Was it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't it have been awesome if it was? Yeah, I, I got called second. Strange a lot in school. Uh, so. Yeah, I think I've had that as well. Yeah. I think yeah. everybody. Stephen anyway. Strange, way based on a not so well known character I would say to most people at least yeah although in all fairness they've been trying to crap out a uh, Doctor Strange movie now for the past 40 odd years yeah like they did they made one in the 70s where it just it looks like a porn but without the sex <laughs> god like he's got he's got this big 70s handlebar moustache it looks god awful uh. Then there's there's a couple of movies that were made about swords, sorcery, and stuff yeah. that are based off like failed and rejected uh, Doctor Strange scripts. Yeah. 
And then, of course, Doctor Strange gets a name check in uh, Spider-Man 2. Yeah, he does. Like, he's... Uh, it's one of the names that they're trying to come up with for Doc Ock. Yeah. It's like, Science Squid. <laughs> Doctor Strange. I like it. It's good. But it's taken. Taken, yeah. So it's like, oh my god! In that universe, in the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man universe, yeah. Stephen Strange exists. Yeah. Um, and it's because he's obviously he'll take Tony's place after the adventure events of Avengers Four. You know he will, yeah. But um, I, I'm fine with that as long as we get the science, like the the cool facial hair bros line. Yeah. And I need that. Even their like their character arcs are different, but they've got very similar personalities. They're both real cocky and think they're the better than yeah. everybody else and super rich. Yeah. Uh, although, in all fairness, I would say that Doctor Strange earned his powers more than Tony did. True. But then again, uh, like obviously. Like and and it, again, it's it's so very similar because both of them became heroes after having something horrible happen to their yeah. bodies yep. after a terrible accident slash planned terrorist attack. <laughs> yeah, ones except. Well, then you could say though that Strange was an idiot and he was texting while driving. Yeah, that's true. So he he kind of brought it on himself. True, and Tony was attacked by terrorists so I suppose there's that to say that well maybe Strange doesn't deserve his powers because he's reckless yeah but in all fairness though it's all down to the, the character arc isn't it yeah. so like he's he's too cocky for his own good that he's yeah. like the reason why he was distracted while driving wasn't because you know he was just texting a random it was because he was like okay who's the next person I can save that, that's awesome what's like a really tough challenge for me yeah so like he's actively saying no to people that require his immediate surgical help yeah um, so it's it's interesting yeah. to look at it from, from that point of view but yeah um, I would say it's 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 yeah it's essential to yeah. watch it's because been... obviously it's, it sets up the Sanctum Sanctorum it sets up yeah. the Time Stone <laughs> Um, Sets up Wong. Yeah, it's an awesome little sequence in uh, in Infinity War. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no, it's I'd say it's essential viewing. Yeah, um, I wasn't disappointed by it. I was probably actually, I probably went in with fairly low expectations, and it was it was better than I expected it to be. For, yeah, for the the source material, because um, it is so out there and it's weird and it's. It introduces magic magic not space magic like in Thor yeah like um, it's it's proper mystic arts and yeah it introduces different dimensions introduces the mirror dimension yeah um uh also, as opposed to Ant-Man which introduces the quantum realm well I think the quantum realm is kinda Doctor Strange as well isn't it like they can both access the quantum realm yeah. I think the let me find out quantum realm. Um Yeah, I think he can. 
for so, argument's sake, let's say he can. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know Captain Marvel can. Anyway, that's a different movie. Um, yeah, yeah it is. One that, one that isn't out yet. Yeah, not till, at the time of this recording. Not but, till next year. Yay, Carl Danvers at long last. <laughs> um, well, Ant-Man <laughs> and the Wasp comes out later in July, I think, doesn't it? Indeed it does, yeah. Although it comes out in August over here because, again, oh. the UK is stupid. And <laughs> football. So, yay. Uh, when, when do I get to see it a month before you do? Um, <sighs> well, at least we get Jurassic World 2 before everyone else, so yay. <laughs> um, I only want that before I want another Marvel movie. <laughs> July fifth, it comes out here. Great, we we get it in August. That's probably going to be mid to late August as well. So super yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you get it a whole month later. Well. <laughs> That's that's hard thing. You got Deadpool same time, Deadpool two at least. Yeah, yeah, I've seen Deadpool already. I haven't seen Deadpool two yet. Oh, you're gonna love it. Yeah, is it very X Forcey? Spoilers. That (laughs) they all die, except Deadpool. Ah, I don't want to spoil it. Mm. All right. Anyway, I will. I will say though, there is uh, <coughs> there's the, the, there's an X Force character in it, yeah. who is a bad guy in the comics, but for some reason has joined the X Force here. Uh, you don't see much of him, but when you do, look closely. Okay, because is it gonna tie into future movies or? No, it's just that it's. It's a fun little cameo. Ah, okay. But no, it's it is it's it's enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's about the same level as the first Deadpool movie. Okay. So only with you know bigger budget, and more explosions. <laughs> yeah. That's sort of thing. All right. What was after that? It was Guardians Volume Two, wasn't it? Yes, it was Guardians Two. A very underrated movie. I didn't yeah. like it the first time I saw it. No, I thought it was especially that ending. I mean. Yeah, the ending that really got me because yeah. again, much like the first Guardians, uh, I associate the first Guardians with losing my mom and yeah. trying to deal with how I felt about that. I lost my dad, and then Guardians Two comes out, and it's all about father figures yeah. and, and coming to terms with them and and losing them and everything. And it's just like bloody hell! Like yeah. I mean, this this is just following me around now. Yeah, but. No, the first time I saw it, I think it's because I went to one of those midnight screenings where they uh, showed the first movie before they showed this one. Yeah. So I think I'd sort of reached my fatigue point sort of halfway through Guardians 2. Yeah. And it's a radically different movie when you compare it to the first one. Yeah. Where the, the, the entirety of the group is split up for most of it. It takes place on two or three different locations. Yeah. We spend a lot of time on Ego's planet. I think it's it's a movie that if you have patience with it, it'll give you so much back. Yeah. How good is um what's his face? Uh, Kurt, Kurt Russell? Russell. Yeah. 
God damn it, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that's And again like Marvel's weird obsession with making actors look like the younger versions yeah. of themselves. Like at the start, whenever he's driving with Peter Quill's mom, they're listening to Brandy. Yeah. That's Snake Pliskin. <laughs> uh, escape from New York. Yeah. And es- LA. Escape from uh oh god, where is it set? Mississippi. Yeah, Escape from Mississippi. <laughs> Technically, Escape from Earth. Yeah. But, obviously, he's the villain in that. Yeah. Honest to God, right? Like, you can you can sit and ask Anthony this, because he went to the cinema to see it with me twice, I think. Yeah. And both times he laughed his ass off, because I goddamn love that Walkman. <laughs> and the bit where he, go, where, where he goes to crush it, yeah. Every time I muttered, like, either under my breath or I said it out loud, I just went, You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was worse the second time because yeah. I knew it was coming. Yeah. And I just I sat there with this really disgruntled look on my face. <laughs> and Anthony just looked over to me and I just went, You bastard. <laughs> like, that's unforgivable. Yeah. Like, you, you don't crush a man's walk, man. You don't take away a man's tunes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a, it is. Is he one of the best Marvel villains? Do you think he's definitely up there? Yeah, yeah. Because he 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 has such a compelling story, and and yeah, obviously his his ultimate goal doesn't really make any sense. Where no. he's like, yeah, I want everything to be me, so I'm terraforming everything. Yeah, but just as a bad guy, he's so personal because he is Peter Quill's dad. Yeah. So you you get that whole thing where, like, like and it's set up so well too. That's something I really admire about James Gunn as a writer and a director, is that he has this great setup to pay off ratio. So at the start of volume two, you have him talking to Gamora, where he says, "Look, all all of my other friends, they had a dad. They could go out and play catch with him. I never had that. I used to tell people my dad was." Was funnily enough, we're getting David back to Knight Rider again. David Hasselhoff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like David Hasselhoff was was my dad, and like he was off touring with his band in Germany or off filming Knight Rider. Yeah, so you get then you get that moment that really suckers in Peter Quill, where he yeah. creates the ball of energy on Ego's planet, and then you have what everyone in the cinema laughed at because it is cheesy and dumb, where they play catch with the ball of of light. Yeah. Go back and watch the earlier scene. That's exactly what Peter Quill wanted. Yeah. Yeah, it's very... Um, it's almost like a Steven Spielberg movie. It's all about family and... It is, yeah, and dickhead father figures. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a classic Steven Spielberg movie. Yeah. Uh, what about the introduction of Mantis? Yeah, I like Mantis as a character. I like Palm Clementia for Clementia for whatever the hell her name is. Yeah, um, she's she's got a voice that sounds like if she wasn't an actress, she'd be doing ASMR on YouTube. Yeah, uh, yeah, she she's a fun character. I like yeah. her in Infinity War as well. Yeah, like she has she has these little background moments. She has these great little joke moments too. Uh, and they they do the same trick twice with her. Like she, yeah. they use her to 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 sort of put 
uh, ego into stasis. Yeah. And they do the same thing in Infinity War where they try and use the same tactic against uh, Thanos. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah like a, I think she's a decent enough addition to the Guardians. Yeah. I think she is. She's still very much on the outside because for me, the Guardians are the five members. Yeah. Amantis is just sort of along for the ride. Yeah. She's, she's there if she needs to be used. But if she's not, pretty she much, can, yeah, yeah. She, she's like a she's like an ancillary character on a sitcom. Pops in whenever you know they need a quick punchline. Yeah. Obviously, the uh, the standout villain in this was uh, Taserface. Of course, yes. Um, <laughs> what a stupid name! <laughs> uh, I, I did like that recurring theme where just everyone yeah. <laughs> that he introduces himself to pisses themselves yeah. off like that great scene where the poor guy has just been burned and like he rings up the um, the sovereign and he goes yeah. like I am Taserface and the, the woman on the other end of the line just bursts out laughing yeah like the poor guy can't catch a break even as he dies he can't catch yeah. a break yeah <laughs> and of course Sylvester Stallone yeah. and Michael Rooker yeah. back again in the same movie. Yeah. It's it's cliffhanger all over again. It's fantastic. <laughs> how good how good is Michael Rooker as Yondu though? Oh my god, he's perfect. Like, I mean, I I get why they killed him off, but yeah, why that that made me so sad. Like that great scene between the two of them on Contraxia. Yeah. By the way, when we first go to Contraxia, there is yeah. a song playing which was composed for the movie that yeah. hasn't been released. People have bombarded James Gunn on Twitter saying, what's the Contraxia song? Release it. Because it sounds amazing. It's this uh, like slow beat techno sort of thing. Yeah. What is it? And he says, well, no, it hasn't been released. Huh. But anyway, yeah, there's a great scene on contracts here between Sylvester Stallone and Michael Rooker, where the like the two of them confront each other, and Michael Rooker is desperately as Yondu is trying to get back in with the rest of the Ravagers, and he's, but Sly Stallone just knocks him to the ground with it. Yeah, like he goes like, "You betrayed the code. Ravagers don't do kids." <laughs> yep. And uh, Yondu had just been with some weird robot prostitute. Yeah! Like, the first time you see him, he's shirtless. And, like, the prostitute's just so bored of him, she just turns herself off. Yep. And Howard the Duck. <laughs> Howard the Duck. Again. You're out of luck once you've gone duck. You n- never go... get unstuck? Once you go quack, you never go back. <laughs> And Karen Gillan's always great as Nebula. Oh, God. Karen Gillan, man. Is she having, like, the best career out of all yeah. the companions ever? Yeah. I mean, Jumanji, yeah. Guardians. Arthur Darvill's done some stuff, hasn't he? Yeah, he's uh, he's playing the version oh. of the Doctor on a DC show. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Um... Pearl Mackey hasn't done anything yet. I mean, to be fair, she's only just come out of Doctor Who, though, so... Yeah. Jenna Coleman's doing okay. Yeah. She's in The Crown or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, Freema Adjman was in that god-awful Sense8 thing on Netflix. Oh. Uh, um, it's terrible. 
Uh, Billy, Billy Piper. Piper did some stuff. No. She played a prostitute. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and a um, god awful ITV2 show. Mm. But yeah, um, yeah, Karen Gillan knocking it out of the park yeah. lately. Um, obviously, Dave Bautista's great again as Drax. Yep, getting um, all the lines. They've made like they've made him way more funnier in this one. Yeah, uh, that great bit where he goes, um, "Did you make a penis?" <laughs> <laughs> yes, Drax, I have a penis, and it ain't half bad. That's <laughs> just the look he gives him. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Hmm." <laughs> oh, and and Bradley Cooper's great as Rocket again, and yeah, and, and of um, course Vin Diesel. Yeah. Just Absolutely sublime as yeah. as baby Groot, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the relationship between Peter Quill and Gamora has obviously progressed, and they're more involved with each other. And yeah, like I like I love that the fact that she's she's so ready and willing to go. Look, I like this guy, but I need to keep him away from me because like I can't do this. Yeah. And like the the bit where like even Peter Quill almost has a Deadpool moment where he breaks the fourth wall by going, "Come on, like we've got that Sam and Diane from Cheers yeah, thing going yeah, yeah. on, where it's like a guy and a girl that dig each other, but they can't ever get together because once they do, the ratings will go down." <laughs> and it's like, and then the bit where like she storms off and he goes, "Come on, what about Cheers?" And she goes, "I don't know what Cheers is." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Oh. Yeah. So Guardians 2, uh, yeah, I would say that's yeah. that's a must-watch. Yeah. Simply for the fact that it's a good movie. It's not really essential for Infinity War, but it's just a good movie. Well, a bit, because it sets up Mantis, and it sets up True. what she does in Infinity War. Uh, sets up where the characters are in Infinity War and who they yeah. are. Yeah, so yeah, I, I would say, I I would say have yourself a double bill of Guardians. Yeah. Watch them both. Yeah. What was after that? It was Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, it's it's not what I would call essential. No. But it's good. It's a fun time. Yeah. It's as Jeremy Jans would say, who is obviously the best internet critic ever. Uh, as he would say, it's a good time, no alcohol required. Although, maybe sneak a bit of whiskey into your Coke. <laughs> what? Oh, <laughs> God. Anyway, I think we, we talked about that earlier with uh, Michael Keaton, and obviously, if you haven't seen it, it's been out for a while now, so... Yeah, the people that haven't seen it are still in their comas after Thor The Dark World. Um, what what about the twist in that movie where it's Michael Keaton is Peter's love interest? Yeah, uh, possibly one of the best executed twists yeah. for a villain I've ever seen in a movie in so long. I quite uh, enjoyed like that. the audience actively gasped whenever he answered the door. Yeah, like I know I did that because I ended up seeing Spider Man Homecoming twice. I saw it uh, the first night it was out. Yeah, with Anthony because Elizabeth was working, but yep. Elizabeth really wanted to see it because she's a big Spider-Man fan. Yeah, so I took her to see it the next night, 
and we're sitting there watching it and I know the twist coming and I haven't yeah. spoiled it for her or anyone so I'm sitting there and I'm, <clears throat> I'm more looking at her than I'm looking at the screen and the second Peter Parker goes up to that door and he answers it she freaks out <laughs> like crazy and she goes like hang on a minute Adrian Toomes isn't Liz Allen's dad <laughs> and I was like I know but they've, they've done it for the movie and she was like holy shit because <laughs> she genuinely thought that the vulture had found out about Spider-Man and he kidnapped Liz Allen's entire family oh <laughs> that like I've never seen someone go from confused like shocked to confused to, to genuine anger to what the hell yeah like, in such a short space of time yeah so she's obviously quite well versed in the comic lore and for Spider-Man oh yeah absolutely yeah. like and like she noticed a little nod to Miles Morales and stuff yeah yeah Danny Glover's the Donald Glover's character which yeah the, the prowler yeah I hope they do like a Spider-Verse film where it's they bring in the Miles Morales and Spider-Man 2099 and well I think they're, they're doing that with the animated movie yeah but again it's a Sony property so it's probably going yeah. to be crap yay Sony make believe they should do a Peter Porker the Spider-Ham movie that's what they should do god damn yes they should <laughs> if that's not in this end of the Spider-Verse movie I'm going to be highly yeah. displeased at Sony yeah. and if he is I'm still going to be highly displeased at Sony anyway because it's Sony but it's animated so they can't make the same mistakes really oh trust me they'll find a way <laughs> alright so not essential but a good watch anyway yeah it's a fun time if you don't have time to watch it it's okay no big loss yeah. but if you've got if you've got what two odd hours to kill give yeah. it a watch it's fun um, after that was Thor Ragnarok, which I think we spoke about, which is essential viewing. Yeah, get it watched. Definitely, probably watch it more than once because it's best after a couple of watches. Oh God, yeah, watch it about six or seven times. Yeah, like you will never appreciate the fine artwork that goes into such wonderfully crafted dialogue. Yeah, and such great lines as "Piss off, ghost." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know Korg. Everyone needs a Korg in their life. I don't care who you are or what it is that you do. Everyone needs a Korg. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mixed. Dick. Hello, everyone. I'm 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 Korg. <laughs> um, I tried to uh, create a rebellion, but I couldn't print enough pamphlets. <laughs> All the the only people that showed up was uh, my mum and her boyfriend, who I hate. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the end, Thor's like, oh, where's Mick from? Oh, Mick's dead. I accidentally stepped oh, on him no, on the bridge. Uh, yeah, I stepped on him. <gasps> oh, Mick, you're alive! <laughs> uh, what was the question again? <laughs> Earth it is, then. Yeah. <laughs> and then... I like the bit where he's like, is, is that goo coming from you? Yeah, or? yeah. Are they eggs? Yeah. I think they're eggs. They look like eggs, yeah. <laughs> look like frog eggs. Oh, Taika Waititi. What a great man. Have you seen Hunt for the Wilder People? I have not, no? but it's on my Netflix to yeah. watch list. Sam Neill is amazing in it. 
Um, so like, I've seen a lot of uh, what we do in the shadows. Yeah, like the uh, the vampire one. Yeah, like yeah. that is that has me dying with laughter anytime yep. I see a clip from it. Um, because the, the kid from Hunt for the Will of People is in Deadpool too, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, he's the uh, the the fire dude. Yeah, that's right. Can't remember. He's actually name. hilarious in it yeah. as well. Like, yeah, he has some great one-liners. Yeah. Um. And the the chick that does everything for Jeff Goldblum in Thor Ragnarok is in Hunt for the Wilder People as well. She's oh yeah, Tessa Thompson. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, the um, not Valkyrie. Oh, oh, um, like his, like his other, yeah, left, the one that right, has the, right. uh, the death wand or whatever it was. Yeah, the one that, that has the sort of beef with Tessa Thompson's yeah. character. Well, you're giving her oh, money. Right. Um, yeah, she plays kind of the villain character in Hunt for the Wild People. Unreal. I need to watch this film. Yeah, it's pretty good. Rachel House, her name is. Um, so, yeah, that's... Thor Ragnarok Essential definitely watch it more than once um, absolutely after that it was Black Panther which disappointed me which yeah it's it's basically yet another Iron Man yet another Ant-Man yet another yeah. Doctor Strange where it's like only more boring because yeah. he's not really an asshole at the start no like like yeah he still has to learn how to become king yeah. but like, he, he doesn't really have that many faults to overcome. Yeah. Like, the bad guy is just basically... He, he does the same thing that we've seen in most Marvel movies where... Oh, yeah, I too now have a Black Panther costume. Let's fight! Yeah. But at least he doesn't go mad for no reason. He actually... He's believable. Yeah, that's true. Like, and he has reasoning behind why he's doing what he's doing. He wants to help people and... Um, yeah, and it's it's really interesting that whenever uh, uh, T'Challa takes the uh, the purple magic leaf of destiny drink, yeah, he goes to the African plains where he sees his dad and and what I presume are all the other past kings of Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, whereas whenever Killmonger takes it, he goes back to his dad's apartment. Yeah, and has a conversation with him and. It it sets up exactly why this character is who he is yeah. because he's 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 grown up thinking uh, like entirely focused on the prejudice and and the hatred toward his people. Yeah, as taught to him by his dad. Yeah, and that kind of resonated uh, like with me because I come from a place in the world where when you grow up in a certain community, you're told to hate the other half of that community. Yeah, you're never told why. Like, like you're you're told of the atrocities that they committed in the past. Yeah. Whereas the other side are told exactly the same thing: the atrocities that were that were targeted at your people growing yeah. up. But now that we've moved on from that and that the conflict has ended, that still remains. Yeah. Like there are still kids growing up these days that fear and hate Catholics. Yeah. There, there's kids. Who grow up now fearing and hating Protestants? Yeah, but they know they don't know why. Yeah, they're just told. Like, yeah, they they may have been told the history of it and what happened. I mean, currently where I'm sitting right now, if I look out my window, I can see 
the English Army barracks. Yeah. Which was car bombed when I was about six years old, and the the shock wave was so great. It was one of the largest bombs that ever went off during the troubles in Northern Ireland. Yeah. That it actually shook the windows of the house, and I asked my mom at the time, "What the hell was that?" And she said, "Oh, it's nothing. Don't worry about it." You know, and yeah. I remember stuff like that happening. But now, in in this day and age, you know, like we're over that now. Yeah. But still, this this hatred and this prejudice remains. Yeah. And obviously, like it's a completely different thing with what they're talking about in Black Panther. Yeah. But it is something that that did resonate with me because I was like, yeah, like this is this is a kid that that's been that's grown up from a young age, perhaps experiencing these prejudices. But definitely being taught about them. Yeah. Like they were the main focus of his life. So I thought it was fascinating that whenever he took the drink, that's immediately where his mind yeah. went. Yeah, that was. It was well written for that character, at least. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you've got Andy Serkis. Yeah. Who, like, you can put him in any movie, he will be the MVP. Yeah. Like, there's a great bit in it that um, <clears throat> that Anthony won't shut up about. It's his favourite scene in the movie, where they go in to rob the museum to take the vibranium. Yeah, and Andy Circus says like kills everyone yeah. apart from well, one guy. You can go and says, "Yeah, um, you can go now. Go, don't run. tell anybody." And that, uh, <laughs> as he's running, he shoots him in the head. And Anthony turns around and goes, "That's you." <laughs> That's what you would do. I was like, yeah, yeah, I suppose that is me. <laughs> Makes us look like amateurs. <laughs> he, oh, God. He has to be one of the greatest actors on the planet. Like, Easily, yeah. Gollum. And it's really great to see him, like, for a change, not playing yeah. a CGI character. Yeah. Even though, I mean, like, the CGI characters, especially the face, at least, is... They're always given his expressions and his some of his facial features, but it's yeah. yeah but it is good to it see him. Must be a nightmare. Yeah. it must but be a nightmare for him as an actor. He must to, like to. He must love it though, otherwise he wouldn't do it. Well, yeah, that's true. But I mean, you know, it must be a nightmare to go. I've, I've played Gollum. I've I've played. Um, I've, I've I've played the main bad guy in the new Star Wars movies. Yeah, like I, I've played a monkey. <laughs> no one knows my face <laughs> apart from the people that went to see Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah, uh, and for him to finally just just have a normal acting role. Yeah, like you can tell he's having so much fun with. Yeah. It. Um, I wonder if he ever slips out of character and goes back into Gollum though, because he did it for so many years. Like he's. He's sitting in Snoke's throne room and he's going, um, he turns the lightsaber. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Or that scene where um, Killmonger shoots him and he's like, to think I took you for some crazed American. <laughs> to think I took you for some crazed American. It's like, no, mate, no, 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 no. Wrong character. Wrong character, man. Wrong character. Remember, you're playing Ulysses Claw. Do your South African South African arms dealer. Yeah. Yeah. Go. (laughs) All right, yeah. Sorry, man. Thanks. Yeah. (laughs) To think I took you for some crazy American. 
to think I took you for some crazy cattlefish. <laughs> um, they look like space aliens. <laughs> uh, do you I'm think from South, I'm from South Africa? Hi. <laughs> I'm doing my best impression of the bad guys from Lethal Weapon Two. <laughs> do you have any cougarans? Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, do you uh, do you think it's essential? Mm. Perhaps to set up where the final battle in Infinity War takes place yeah. and what the hell's going on, but I wouldn't call it yeah. mandatory. I would say it's essential for the for the simple fact that it sets up the the part of the world and um, what the hell is going on at the end of Infinity War and obviously who Black Panther is. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Civil War does that job, mm. so it's an odd one to place. Mm. Even I would say watch it if you have the time. Yeah, I mean it's only like two hours, fifteen minutes or something, so it's not super long, but. Um, yeah, you can breeze through it. Yeah. But it's the dialogue that killed it for me. Like, the dialogue's quite poorly written, I think, at least. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very sort of flat and on the yeah. nose. and It doesn't help that the main character is so stoic. Yeah. I mean, he disappears for what feels like about 20 minutes. Yeah. During the, the end of the second act, start of the third act. And he's back. Again. He's not missed. No. Because all the other supporting characters have better charisma. Yeah. And work better together. Yeah. Hmm. And I suppose you don't need to see it because the Soul Stone wasn't in Wakanda anyway. I know. I'm so mad about that because... <laughs> Like again, more mad Marvel internet fanboys started going crazy online, going, "Oh, but did you see the dirty was buried in before he took the magical heart shaped herb? It was orange, and the soul stole's orange. It, it's confirmed. It's in Wakanda. Ah. No, it's not. No. Oh God. Um. Oh my God. Everyone under the sun yeah. expecting the Soul Stone to pop up, and yeah. from everything from Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two to Spider Man, are you mad? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I'm kind of glad it wasn't in Wakanda, though. Yeah, actually, so am I. Because then you would. Glad they, they have had Red Skull. Yeah, I'm glad they did something different. With yeah, it. and I like that there was a test to get it. Yeah. It wasn't well, just a case of, oh my god, look, there's an Infinity Stone just yeah. randomly lying around that nobody's ever researched or did anything with. Yeah, I'll take that. Bye. <clears throat> well, speaking of that, that leads us into Infinity War. It does indeed, yes. The greatest... I would say it's it's definitely recommended. It's yeah. essential viewing if you want to see Infinity War. Yeah. Because it is Infinity War. That's right. Uh, did you see yeah. it opening night? I did, yeah, I saw yep. the midnight screen and set it off. I, randomly enough, right, I, saw, like, I had my tickets booked to see the midnight screen. Next thing you know, my friend Anne text messages me and goes, do you want to go see Infinity War on the Thursday the day after at 1 o'clock? Like, I accidentally booked two extra tickets. So I had Anthony staying with us that night to go yeah. see Infinity War, and I said, okay, let's go see it again. 
So within the space of 24 hours, it, sorry, within the space of 12 hours, I had seen the movie twice. God. See, because it came out on the 25th, and that was our Anzac Day for um, all the war stuff and during the First and Second World War and everything. Oh, I see. So the cinemas didn't open until one in the afternoon. But I still think we got it before everybody else did, technically. Yeah. And I saw the first showing um, around where I am, which was cool. We saw it on the IMAX screen. Um, Goodness me, that's that's one for the obituary, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> um, <laughs> Infinity War before everyone else, and just a graphic of a middle finger. A graphic of the Infinity Gauntlet giving the middle finger. <laughs> I wish that was the poster. Do you know, I actually have the uh, the Marvel Legends Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah. yeah, and there's a little option on it, which is it's really nice because you put it on, and it has these little hoops inside that you slot your fingers through. Yeah. And all of the fingers and the thumb are, are articulated, so oh, you yeah. can move them. What's even better is that it's got a lock fun- function on it. So you can bring all the fingers down into a fist, hit the lock button, and take your hand away, and it'll still be in the fist. <laughs> so the the first little science experiment that I tried with it <laughs> was, can I make it flip the bird and lock it there? And it turns out you can. Guess how I'm displaying it in the collection room. <laughs> <laughs> God. God almighty. Oh. <laughs> Is that with the your um your Iron Man and Star Lord Star Lord helmet? Yep. yep. I'm a Thor hammer, I'm a Captain America shield, I'm my Iron Man rip off gauntlet that I got from China. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's right in the middle. Everything surrounds it. My Agents of Shield badge. Yep. Uh, my Iron Man Two arc reactor that has the little cartridges that pop out of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right in the center of that is the <laughs> Infinity Stone flipping the bird. Uh, <laughs> have you seen the? I think Marvel Legends did a Black Panther mask helmet. Th- did they? I think. I think. So. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I guess I just didn't care enough to realise. <laughs> um, I think it was Marvel Legends. Yeah, it looks like Marvel Legends. Oh, maybe it's not. Oh, fair enough. It doesn't have light up eyes, but maybe that's just because the mask doesn't really have that in the movie. Yeah. Well, I, nothing can top the Star Lord helmet. Yeah. Because it's got the Bluetooth speaker yeah. in it. Yeah, that's fantastic. Like you can be there rocking around, like with Uga Chaka, Uga 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 Chaka, blasting out of your mask as you're dancing about like an absolute twat at a comic convention. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Because <laughs> uh, you well, you cosplayed as Star Lord at some point. Was it last year or the year yeah, before? I've, I've done it a couple of times now. Yeah. Uh, I've I went to a convention down in Dublin and that was the first time I ever did Star Lord and it looked terrible. <laughs> uh, there was a time that I did it in London yep. where instead of wearing like I wore the entire uh, outfit including the mask that I made 
but I wore a Jurassic World t-shirt because <laughs> you know got got to represent Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um. Uh. When when did I also do it? I got the entirety of the new uh, Volume 2 outfit, yep. including the uh, the Kebab Becky, or whatever the hell's written on his t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, I got that, and I cosplayed as him at an event, and I also wore it to the opening night of oh, yeah. Volume 2 as well, and my other half as well, Elizabeth, she went as Gamora. Oh yeah, I think I've seen photos of that. That was fun. Yeah. Yeah, so... Um, like, like Iron Man used to be my sort of my favorite, like all time favorite character. Yeah, and I did the, uh, I did the Mark Forty Two, which yeah. was awful. It looked like something Obadiah Stane would wear, <laughs> like just this this huge puffy outfit on me. Because, <laughs> like, the ultimate sort of cosplay I think for me would be comic book Wolverine because I'm squat. Yeah, but I'm wide, you know. Like I am just I I don't have the conventional superhero body type. Yeah, because I'm short. But my God, like there was a guy that came up to me once trying to fight me in a bar, and he said, um, "Yeah, I can kick the crap out of you because I'm taller than you." And I said, "Yeah, well, I'm wider than you." <laughs> I went far enough and just walked away. But yeah, true story. <laughs> But yeah, uh, like I don't have the conventional sort of superhero shape and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so trying to get me into an Iron Man suit just really looks ridiculous. But I worked hard, got tried to get the beer belly and the man boobs off myself <laughs> uh, to do the Mark 43, which was basically me taking the Mark 42, yeah. smashing it into little tiny pieces, slicing away at it and repainting it and sticking it back together again. Yeah. And I think it looked pretty good. Yeah. But ever since uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, just I've always cosplayed as Star Lord. Yeah, I tried doing Ant Man once, but by God, that was a failure. I look more like Giant Man. Would have been expensive. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, so Star Lord's kind of—he's become your favorite Marvel hero over time. I would say he's. He's the uh, the hero that I relate to the most. Relate to the most, yeah. Because, cause, you know, obviously the whole thing with his parents. Yeah. And also the fact that he's a, a child trapped in a man's body. <laughs> who just outright refuses to grow up. And even when he tries to grow up, he fails at it spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah. He's... He's probably... Out of all of them, he's probably the most human character. Even though most of them are human, but yeah, like he's he's the one that really wears his emotions on his sleeve. Yeah, and like like there's some great video essays that have come out about you know why he does what he does in Infinity War. Yeah, uh, and also Lindsay Ellis, formerly the Nostalgia Chick, oh, yeah. she did this great video, the the feels of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Yeah, and it explains why Peter Quill is the way he is, and I just remember watching that, going, "That, but that's me." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about the very uh, the post credit scene for Infinity War because there isn't a mid credit scene, which kind no, of no, but me. but there is and there isn't. So, 
<laughs> if you watch it closely, right, and obviously super huge spoilers for yeah. Infinity War, but yeah. you've had your chance, all right? If you haven't seen it by now, what are you doing? Sit and watch Thor The Dark World? <laughs> but yeah, so... <laughs> uh, Obviously, at the end of the movie, all the main characters, like well, the whole pile of the main heroes, get turned into ashes, right? Yeah. So that's Thanos balancing the universe. Half of every population on the planet is yeah. turned to ash, killed. It's like they never existed, right? So remember that closely. Half. So, at the end of the Marvel movies now, there's traditionally always two post-credit scenes. There's one after the sort of main end credit sequence, and then after the the wall of names, the memorial of the dead, everyone that died making this picture, right? After all that goes past, like the the millions and millions of special effects artists and all, and then right at the end, you have another post-credit sequence, which we got in Infinity War with uh, Maria Hill and uh, Nicholas Fury. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yes. With uh, the the star of Knight Rider, uh, yeah. so halfway through, we're supposed to get a post credit scene right after the title of the movie appears. So there it is. The title of the movie appears, nothing, and then we're straight yeah. into the scrolling credits. But watch it very closely. The title of the movie fades in, but then flakes away into dust. That's it. So, it's a little in-joke, I think. Thanos, after snapping his fingers, wiped out half of the post credit scenes. Aww. One of the post credit scenes got wiped from existence. What? That's smart, but I hate them for it. If that's true. Yeah, I hate them too. Like, I was so annoyed about it. But, but I did pick up on it, because I was like, okay, why would you have the title fade in and then have it turn to ash? Yeah. And then just have the credits appear? Ah, Thanos has erased it from existence. Yeah. Huh. That's fun. I like that, if it happens to be true. Um, well, I'm saying it is, and <laughs> that makes it true, so there we go. Just like the Knight Rider TV series that we're never going to get. That's happening. Well, yeah, I hope so. Maybe in some universe. Um, but the post credit scene that we did get um, obviously introduced Captain Marvel... Yeah, it, it didn't and it didn't. Yeah. Because it did that thing that most Mar- Marvel post credit scenes tend to do these days where it's it's for the comic book fans. Yeah. And people that are somewhat versed in the Marvel universe. So, like, the, the post credit scene happens, uh, which I thought was harrowing. Yeah. Because you have the bit where just the car randomly loses control in front of them. And then that helicopter crash is yeah. so visceral. Where, like, you see the ash pouring out of it. Yeah. And then, like, the sound effects are so great where it just collides with the building and explodes. It feels so real. Yeah. Uh, and then, obviously, Maria Hill disappears. Sam Jackson goes, Right, shit's going down, motherfucker. Yeah. I've got to do what I normally do, which is recruit a team of heroes. And swear on. I guess recruits Captain Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, motherfucker. I'm motherfucking tired. <laughs> Of these motherfucking people turn into motherfucking dust. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, all lines from the movie. So, yeah. He, Direct quote. So, yeah, he, 
Yeah, direct quote. Yeah, in fact, that that even wasn't me saying it. That was me playing it from a clip, an exclusive clip that I got from the Blu-ray, which is coming out in a couple of months' time. That's one of your deleted scenes. You're welcome, folks. World exclusive. Anyway, so, (laughs) so yeah, he runs to the car, and for some reason he always carries this around with him. I think this is his superhero safety kit bag. Yeah. So he's got little devices in there that calls the Hulk and Iron Man and Captain America and everything. Well, so he roots around through it and he finds this modified pager. And he starts typing on it and then he disappears. And he goes, Oh, mother fuck! And then he disappears. Yeah. But wouldn't it be fantastic if he reappears again in the next one to go? Like the first time yeah. you see him, he's going, Ucker! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. But yeah, so, <laughs> so he, he disappears. And the pager falls to the ground, and we get the, uh, what is it, the Kree symbol? No, oh, I think it's just the star on Captain Marvel's costume. Yeah, but that that is from something, though, isn't it? I thought it was the Novacore at first, and then I thought, ah, no, the colours, it must be Captain Marvel, because that's... Well, yeah, it's it's Captain Marvel suit, because it's that blue at the top and red at the bottom, the gold star in the middle. But like it is like in the comics universe, it it's it, the symbol does <coughs> represent um, something. It's like because when she's in the Kree War, it's who she's fighting with. Because we've seen the uh, the leaked uh, images, film and photos. Yeah, yeah, where it's her wearing the the, the green flight teal. Suit. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> Except that character was never fully alien, though. Marv. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm guessing they're going to do the whole origin story thing, seeing as it's set in the 90s, where she's a test pilot, yeah. shit goes down, boom, you're Miss Marvel, no, wait a minute, now you're Captain Marvel. Yeah. But th- and just like in the comics, 100% accurate, she goes, fucking alien blood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sh- that is 100% accurate. I'm telling you now, that's going to be her catchphrase. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking alien blood. <laughs> um, it's like, oh my god, how did you get your superpowers? <laughs> Fucking alien blood. <laughs> End of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> right, piss off, kid. I have to go save the Avengers. Half of them have been turned to dust. Bye. See you all in Infinity War Part 2. Or whatever the hell it is they're calling it. Bye. <laughs> Uh, what do you think they will call it oh god I do you know what I I think they missed a trick by not calling this one the infinity quest he's gone he's disappeared forever what ah you're back. You, you faded out. I couldn't hear anything you were saying. As did you. Okay. But anyway, yeah. So, I, I think I missed a trick by not calling this one the Infinity Quest. Yeah. So, and then maybe calling the next one Infinity War. Yeah. But I I don't know. Secret War, maybe? Or... <sighs> maybe... Because obviously you've got the whole Captain America is Nomad thing going on. Yeah. Uh, like you could do the whole Secret Avengers thing. Yeah. Uh, there, there was speculation that's going to be called End Game. Yeah. Because after 
Doctor Strange's incredibly telegraphed line of we're in the end game now. Yeah. Uh, I genuinely don't have a clue. They could call it Avengers Fart Box at this point and it and wouldn't matter because people would still go and see it. Well, and then Thanos turns into a giant purple fart. It's, oh, God, see if he does, man. Like, that's it. I'm ending my love affair with the MCU. We, we've we've had ten glorious years together. Yeah. Apart from you, Thor, the Dark World. That was that difficult patch, you know, where, where it was on the rocks for a while. But, yeah. you know, you won me back with the Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like... That, that'll be it that'll be it done they'll just be like oh my god he's a gigantic purple fart yeah <laughs> wonderful that would be the yeah that, that's what it'll be called yeah Avengers 4 giant purple fart cloud <laughs> with a yellow part on his hand yeah <laughs> some some gold scattered in there um oh god could could they even do the client or secret invasion where the Avengers... Maybe! They're all scrolls. <laughs> yeah, because there's, uh, there's again more theories going around now that um, our old pal Nicholas J. Fury yeah. is a scroll because of leaked chat photos or some nonsense. I don't know. I really well, don't have a clue Captain, where they could go Captain- after this. Captain Marvel's part scroll, so I mean, it's not impossible. Yeah, right? she's I mean, not part the, scroll. She's be intri- tree, but. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't think they would introduce that right away. Yeah. I think, like, you know, they'll, they'll obviously they'll introduce the conflict in her standalone movie. Yeah. But maybe the fact that she comes to she's summoned to Earth for Avengers Four, um, will sort of kick that off. So in in her next movie, yeah, like she'll end up bringing that conflict to Earth. Yeah. Do you think they'll bring Adam Warlock back into it for Avengers Four? No, definitely not. No. To Spacey. No. Uh, no, it's not the fact it's too spacey. It's that it would feel like a Deus Ex Machina at this point. Ah, uh, yeah, true. Like, had they introduced him in the first Guardians and had him be the main antagonist in Guardians Two, yeah, that they end up winning over at the end. Like, maybe then I could see it happening. Yeah, but he's 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 not an established character in this universe. What at this if point. they introduce him in Captain Marvel for who knows what reason? Because he's Space Jesus. I doubt they would because you see his cocoon where he's being created in 2014. Yeah, but is it possible? Captain Marvel set is it in the 90s? So. Is it possible that he was put back into a cocoon though? No, no, because it's it's heavily implied in that um, in that post credit scene that he's literally being created. Okay, because Aisha says, "I shall call him Adam." Oh yeah, true. So, so I think that that's literally him being created. Okay, yeah. Because I know there was there was a lot of talk about his cocoon popping up in uh, the first Guardians. Yeah. In the collector's room, but because when you see it, it's closed. But then later on, it's open. Yeah. So, but apparently, like James Gunn came out on Twitter and said that's an older version of the Sovereigns cocoons. 
Okay. Hmm. So it's 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 really fiddly, isn't it? Yeah. Like you can't sort of plot it down right. So it's again, it's another testament to the Russo brothers that they can create this madness and have us. Even people that are like somewhat up to date with the lore, yeah. and people that are mad for the lore, like they're still going. I have no clue where this is going. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Yeah, they're throwing a curve, a very big curveball. Um, they could introduce Adam. I don't know Warlock in Ant Man and the Wasp for some reason. I I think he's he's very much a Guardians character. Yeah. So, because obviously Aisha was designing him to yeah. get the Guardians. So I'm guessing, like, yeah, he can pop up in, in a whole pile of different movies and stuff. But I think primarily Guardians 3 is going to have to fo- feature him yeah. as a, either a main villain or a, a secondary villain that they yeah. have to defeat at the start and then he teams up with them. Yeah. When does it? And it's such a waste too, because obviously with the Infinity War in the comics, Adam Warlock plays a big role in ending yeah. it. Yeah. Well, he. So to yeah. just miss out on that, it's it's so frustrating. Yeah. But then again, Captain Marvel's probably is that replacement, I guess, because they're very similar in the way that they are as far as yeah, power was. Yeah, she can wield the gauntlet. Yeah. What he's had the gauntlet before as well, hasn't he, Adam Warlock? Yeah, yeah, he's because he used it to to end the conflict. Yeah. Hmm. Because I think like Nebula got it and went absolutely bucked off mental with yeah. it. Yeah. And then he got it and basically said, "Let the conflict end." Yeah. Um. Oh, what was I? Th- I was just thinking about something and I've forgotten. Um. Let's see, that's, that's Thanos slap, uh, snapping his fingers again. He's taking away half your thoughts. Yeah, damn it. Um, at least we survived. Oh, God. Like, <clears throat> that memory of whenever I crapped my pants in primary school is gone now. But unfortunately, <laughs> so is the face of everyone I've ever known and loved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, There's always a downside. Uh, Bloody Thanos. Yeah. They could do... Avengers 4 could be Avengers Annihilation. Oh, I like that. Because Annihilation was very Guardians of the Galaxy heavy. Um, when did that come out? It was like 2009, I think. The comic series. Um, um... No, I like that name, because that could tie into what Kevin Feige yeah. was saying about the fourth one being a spoiler yeah. for uh, Infinity War. Yeah, I didn't think about that. 2006, the comics came out. It's mostly set in outer space. <coughs> oh, Thanos is part of it, not a big part of it, but he's in it. Um... Yeah, it's very Guardians of the Galaxy heavy, uh, very Nova heavy, Silver Surfer heavy, um, Skrull, Super Skrull, Ronan the Accuser, I suppose he's dead anyway, so. Yeah. Um, But he'll be in Captain Marvel, so. 
Yay! <laughs> um, oh, Annihilation Heralds of Galactus. So that was after Annihilation, I think. Hmm. I want. I just want a good Fantastic Four movie that's actually made by Marvel. Yes. Yes. Goddamn, please. With Silver Surfer. It's about time, isn't it? Like yeah. we're just we're overdue it. Yeah. I mean, it's but again, it's just it's it's annoying that Marvel started the MCU without having all of their, their yeah. main players, and they've sort of had to retroactively fit them in around the continuity that they've had so far. Yeah. So it's going to be like it, it's one thing with Spider-Man because yeah, he's a fifteen-year-old boy who just only recently got bit by the spider and now he's swinging about in New York wearing a really crappy suit. Yeah. So it, you can you can get away with that. But then whenever you start introducing the mutants yeah. and the Fantastic Four and, and like where the hell was the Baxter building this whole time? Yeah. You know, like that's when things start getting really convoluted. Yeah. Um... I think for the characters they had, though, they did fairly well with it. No, absolutely. They they really did. They, like they they literally took. And let's not forget here, Iron Man was a B list character. Yeah, well, so was Thor. until two thousand and eight. Yeah, as was Thor. Yeah, Captain America obviously was one of the big hitters. Yeah, thank God Marvel still had the rights to him, but yeah. Like when when you think about it, like they made an Avengers movie with Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, Hulk, Black Widow, and Hawkeye. Yeah, and look how well it turned out. Yeah, I mean, Hawkeye's obviously the worst of them, and he's not even in Infinity well, War. Yeah, he's he's Legolas. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Better clean shop, Legolas. But Green Arrow is a better version of Hawkeye. And also Batman. <laughs> In some versions, I guess. <laughs> In Arrow, at least. Um, oh, God, yeah. In Arrow, he's basically Batman. Well, he, and he's fought Raz al Ghul, for yeah, God's sake. He married Talia al Ghul. Or maybe, no, Nissa al Ghul. Nissa al Ghul, anyway, yeah. Still the same family, I but, mean. They they yeah. they've mentioned Bruce Wayne about a hundred times though. So I mean. Oh yeah, just um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a weird show. Yeah. Does wait? Adam Warlock has the soul gem normally, doesn't he? He, in his head, like Vision has the Mind Stone. Yeah. Yeah. And then, what if he was the ma- the Magus first? Magus, the like the anti Adam Warlock. Before. Yeah, they, they they could still get away with that. And he's being resurrected as Adam Warlock, rather than. Oh. Now there's a theory and a half. It's very convoluted and confusing, but it it's possible. Uh, Stranger things have happened. Yeah, they made a show about it. Uh, 
You really turned that joke up to 11. (laughs) Uh, I've I've only seen the first episode of the first season. Oh, you need to get that watched. Yeah, I've got it ready to watch. I just haven't gotten... I haven't had enough time yet. Yeah, that sounds familiar. (laughs) Um... What if they went the Dark Surfer route from that Superhero Squad show? The Waddy Waddy What What? It's a, it was a kids show from like 2009-2011, Superhero Squad. Um, I see. <laughs> it was all Marvel characters like Iron Man and Silver Surfer and Wolverine and Captain America and Hulk and Falcon. And the, basically the main villain was Doctor Doom and oh cool it had all sorts of weird villains like Modoc and um <laughs> and the abomination and magneto was kind of in it but the first season the villain was doctor doom and thanos showed up at the end of it with the infinity gauntlet and the silver surfer decided he would take the infinity gauntlet and have it for himself and became the Dark Surfer. Oh. Um, which I think's only really happened in that TV show, but it was not a bad idea. Um, so he becomes an antagonist. <laughs> um, as opposed to the protagonist. And it's... And it kind of gets... It kind of ends that what the last 10 years of Marvel's been about it gets rid of Thanos and then you've got a new super villain that's there and who I mean it's still the Infinity Gauntlet but yeah I mean I think I think really like from what everyone's been saying so far after this next Avengers movie that's it yeah like no more talking about the Infinity Stones yeah no more Thanos no more Infinity Gauntlet none of this nonsense and it's literally going to refresh itself and reboot itself to be, like, building toward the next thing. Which, for the love of Christ, please be a proper Galactus. <laughs> or, um, I nearly said the Anti-Monitor, but that's DC. <laughs> um, what big Marvel villains? Who... Who else could it be other than Galactus, though? Like, um... I don't know, because, like, I mean, Thanos wasn't exactly, like, the big, super scary dude. And they still made him that. Yeah. So, like, they could still do that with so many other characters and then still progress up that chain until you're getting to these... Huge entities like Galactus. Yeah. Hmm. But who's really the 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 more evil character? Like Thanos, or I mean, Galactus is the destroyer of worlds, or whatever they call him. But yeah, the eater of worlds, or something. I can't remember. Consumer of worlds. Yeah, that's it. That's what I'm thinking of. Crap, yeah. Um, but surely there's bigger villains than that. 
Well, I mean, the, there was the Celestials, like. Yeah. But, I mean, they did sort of deal with that with Ego. Yeah. Hmm. Um, it was- See, in an ideal world where Marvel had access to every single one of their characters that they sold off in the 90s to pay for their gambling debts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, wouldn't it have been fantastic had they introduced Ego the Living Planet as a bad guy? And yeah. everyone that fights him screwed. They can't win. Yeah. So they herald like this. They call down the Silver Surfer who heralds Galactus and he eats Ego. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been what a brilliant way to end that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they could, they could always do Doctor Doom. Like he's always been a pretty big. He's been that sort of villain. He's like. Yeah, but I, I think it would it would lower the stakes too much. You reckon? Like, they could have Doctor Doom as the next Loki. Yeah. And obviously, he pops up and he starts in, in his continuity in his universe, which is the Fantastic Four. They defeat him, but then he goes off and ends up becoming a larger threat that they have to team up to stop. Yeah. Like so, so he they could sort of do that with Doctor Doom, yeah, and then sort of work their way up from there. Hmm. Like I'd love to see Apocalypse done right. Yeah, I I want to see Dark Phoenix more than anything. Yeah, I mean I know they're making a Dark Phoenix movie yeah. again for the second goddamn time now. Yeah, in the space of what twelve years. Uh, and that's coming out in November-ish time this year. Yeah. Which I, I, I have very low hopes about it. Uh, but, yeah, in, in the MCU, the Dark Phoenix saga would, would go down perfectly. Yeah. Hmm. And they, yeah, I think Apocalypse would be on a Thanos level. But don't do Oscar Isaacs as Apocalypse. Good God, no. And don't do that weird shit as well where you put like three mics around his mouth and then mm. pick one and modulate it. Yeah. Um, yeah I'll Everything be- you've built will fall! <laughs> yeah, cheers for that one. Because uh, Mag- Magneto's kind of that same. He's on a Doctor Doom level. He'd be... But then again, you kind of need like a spacey character where he's, you don't really see them and you know they're there, but nobody's seen them without living, without dying. Yeah. I mean, with the whole Doctor Doom thing, it kind of works because yeah. you have the whole Latveria thing. Yeah. But I don't know. I kind of get a sense that, like, you introduce Doctor Doom as the massive threat, and everyone goes, my God, where's he from? What's he capable of? Yeah. Um, He's from a place called Latveria. Latveria? I I never remember hearing about that geography in school. Is that anywhere near Wakanda by any chance? (laughs) What the hell is this world we live in? Yeah. That that could work. Um, But, yeah... Hmm. How long have we been doing this for? 
almost four hours. Too long. <laughs> <laughs> well, honestly, if you've made it to this point in the podcast Good on you. without wanting to tear your eyes out or turning it off to go watch Thor the Dark World, <laughs> you have won a biscuit and you have won the privilege of being awesome and being our friend. Correct. But you so, can, you gotta make you, go. you gotta make the biscuits yourself though. You do, yes. Um, we will provide cooking instructions and a how-to guide. Yeah, I'll put it. But on. you will have to buy the ingredients yourself. I'll put it on the podcast description. It'll be your YouTube link, and then it'll be a nice chocolate chip cookie recipe. No, see, it's not that. We'll have to give them the code word. Like they have to private yeah. message you the code yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I right. message it back. Which will, of course, be Thor the Dark One. <laughs> yeah. So if you message that. <laughs> I'm just all, no. Do you know what the the code word is? Something that no one ever says. So it should be Thor Two was amazing. Yes. Right. So send that as a private message. We'll know and we'll be able to sort you yeah. out with uh, instruction biscuits. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got one last question. Is it Laurel or Yanny? Uh, it's Laurel. It's, and it's never been Yanny. It's both actually. No, it's not. I, yeah, but I I hear Laurel very easily. Obviously, the guy's saying Laurel. There's a fan in the background that makes it sound like he's saying Yanni as well. But it, I've heard I've heard Yanni and Laurel. But you're right, it is Laurel. Do you know what's weird? Like, because I discovered it there the other morning. Um, I was sitting on the sofa with Anthony, and Elizabeth walks in, and I'm sitting there with this and. The first time I click on it to listen to it, I hear Yanni. <laughs> but then it morphs into Laurel and it won't go back. Really? Yeah. So I heard Yanni, Yanni, Laurel, Laurel, <laughs> Laurel, Laurel. And it won't switch. Like, I can't trick my mind like I could with the whole, is it blue and black or is yeah. it white and gold dress thing? Yeah. I can't trick my mind into swapping between the two with it. Like it, it, like I put it on again there last night when I was up at Anthony's, and all I can hear is Laurel. <laughs> hmm. See, it just sometimes it just depends on what you're listening to. Like, if you're listening through headphones, it might sound more like Yanni, but if you're listening to it through your speaker, it might sound more like Laurel. Or honest to God, I've tried. I've tried everything. I tried listening to it in the bathroom where there's more of an echo. Yeah. Hmm. I tried listening to it outside, inside, in a big room, in a in a small room. It's it's just, it's always Laurel. It won't go back to Yanni, <laughs> and I know Yanni's there. <laughs> hmm. I'll tell you what it is though. People like Laurel enjoy Thor Ragnarok. People like Yanni, well, <laughs> they live in a very dark world. <laughs> <coughs> I haven't mentioned how much I don't like Thor the Dark World on this podcast I want to make sure that's clear yeah. Nicolas Cage style God <laughs> Can you file Thor the Dark World into alphabetical order? Yeah! I never misfiled any of the Thor movies A, B, C, D Dark World E, F, G H, I, J, K, M, L, P Q R Ragnarok S T The Dark World U V W World X Y Z. 
know I know the ABCs. Next time, won't you sing with me? No, Nicholas Cage. Because I'm a vampire. <laughs> that's that's what that's who they should get to play Morbius. Nicholas Cage. Oh, I'm a vampire. I'm a vampire. <laughs> God. Anyway, I think that will do us. For I think I'm going to have to cut this into two parts. Oh God, yes. You should call the first one Avengers Infinity War <laughs> and the second one Title to be Confirmed. That's right. TBA. <laughs> TBA. Yep. Or CBA, as, as it stands. <laughs> Can't be asked. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you for maybe listening to all of this. You, you'll know if you have. Yeah, if you've skipped through it, we hate you. Yeah. Uh, listen right. to it all it's like every second of this pure gold that's exactly but is it gold or is it blue you'll never know um, exactly but we can tell you for a fact it's a little bit of Yanny it's a little bit of Laurel it's mostly in like fact you might say it's split down the middle 50-50 uh, it's Yanny and it's Laurel nope no it's not no it's just Laurel it's yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yanny just faded into dust Exactly. Um, so go check out Stephen YouTube.com stash slash stash slash stash. Yeah, <laughs> I do mustache reviews. It's amazing. <laughs> this week we're talking about that type of mustache where you put the wax in it and curl it up at the sides, and you look like Moriarty <laughs> from the old Sherlock movies. <laughs> Jesus. And if you think this podcast is long, oh, oh wait till you hear mine on. The Charlie Chaplin mustache. <laughs> That's a six-parter. <laughs> is it Charlie Chaplin or is it Hitler? You'll... Well, funny story. It's actually both at the same time. Who was born first, though? Must have been Hitler. Chaplin yes, was it was, born yeah. In... Chaplin was born in 1889. And Hitler was born in 1889. Oh, they were the same person all along. Holy crap, Charlie Chaplin was born four days before Adolf Hitler. <sighs> wow. And, and also, let's not forget, Charlie Chaplin was once played by Robert Downey Exactly. Thank you very much, folks. It's all connected. The MCU comes together, six degrees of separation. <laughs> and he was nominated for an Oscar for that, or he might have won it. I think he was only nominated... Uh, he was nominated for an Oscar for Tropic Thunder. Yes, he, indeed he was. And he won an Oscar in the movie. <laughs> Wouldn't it have been amazing had he played Black Panther as that character from yes. Tropic Thunder? Yes. <laughs> no, he does Kit as that character from Tropic Thunder. Yes. Yeah, he does. He's completely in character while yep. still being in character. He's become a black Australian for no reason. <laughs> and on a high note, with that, oh, we must be... Well, you would have to be high. <laughs> yeah. But with, with that, I think we must bid everybody adieu. It's been a long one. If you've listened till the end, you'll get a cookie recipe. If not, screw you. Um, and also our love yeah 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 yeah. of course of course even if you didn't listen to the end well you'll never know we care but we do 
Yeah, and you know it's it's our metaphorical love, but let's let's just you know put it out there, make sure you know we're not misquoted or anything like that. But we are in fact giving you permission to think about us as you touch yourself. <laughs> God. <laughs> Have that on us. No, not literally. But. No. <laughs> and you've ruined it. Anyway. Uh, well, the bed sheets, maybe. <laughs> God. So I'll put. I'll maybe I won't, but I probably will. I'll put the link to Stephen's YouTube in the description go subscribe because he does reviews and he does a lot of robot war stuff robot wars one of the best shows in the world r.i.p bring it back <laughs> hashtag ruined hashtag whatever <laughs> anyway go check that out go check that out before you listen to this because you can because this is super yeah. long and it was on robot wars once as well and a celebrity had been on tv <laughs> yeah come on Holler, whatever. Hashtag. Yeah. Internet, not, yeah. I'm hoping you get me heaps of views. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. So many views. Yeah. It's going to skyrocket. That's right. No, wait. It's not because I'm not talking about Doctor Who. So, yeah, oh, no, I'm not care. <laughs> We talked about Doctor Who a little bit. Yeah, but this is going to be a Marvel podcast. People will just go like, oh, he doesn't know anything about Marvel. He's a Doctor Who YouTuber. People are going to say you've defected to the Marvel side. Yes. They probably will. <laughs> but who cares? That's right. Yeah. Not me. I'm a rebel with several causes. <laughs> now you're just talking about... Um, what's his face? Um, James Dean movies. Yes. Yes, I am. Almost had a mind fart. And, you know... Gonna go outside f- and spray some American graffiti. That's a George Lucas movie. <laughs> Yep, and then I'm going to get on my bike. And st- it's not too difficult. It's an easy rider. And then I'm going to Star Wars. Yeah, all over the face, neck, and chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I'm going to shoot my missile right into your reactor port. Oh. You're going to hell. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm blowing up every single Death Star I find on the way. Oh, God. You know, I star killed her, bis. God, I'm glad Elizabeth Olsen. I ignited my lightsaber. I used the for. No, no, I can't say that. No, that's that. That's rape. I can't, I can't say that. God. You know, at least Elizabeth Olsen lets us see the Olsen twins in as Scarlet Witch. Yeah, that's 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 true. Kinda. I, I actually am engaged to an Elizabeth, That's although true. it's spelt with an S and not a Z, and her last name is an Olsen. And her boobs are smaller, but you know, <laughs> anything bigger than a handful is a waste. So <laughs> you wouldn't kick her out of bed, as we say. Wouldn't kick her out of bed for leaving crumbs. No, I would not. Would you kick her out of bed for leaving some weird purple Thanos fart in the bed? I kick her out of bed for leaving a copy of Thor: The Dark World in it. But what if she left? the whole first eight seasons of Knight Rider starring Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, God, yeah. Kick her out of bed and have sex with it instead. Right, come on, hit stop. We're on a roll here. We're on a high. Come on, William. (laughs) Press stop. Okay. All right. uh, I'll see you. Oh, you won't see me. I won't see you. 
anyway you'll hear no. my voice <laughs> in the next one the next one probably won't be four hours and almost ten minutes long but you never know um, but it will be smoothly inserting itself deep inside your ear holes and we're off a roll Anyway, yeah. we are going to have to end it now. <laughs> yeah, I think that'll do. Yeah. That, that's it. I was I was expecting you to do your outro there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're leaving for real this time. Um, Jesus, it won't stop. <laughs> <laughs> Make it end. <laughs> this is living hell. <sighs> okay. Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye bye bye. Sweet dreams. Have a have a nice thought while you're touching yourself to listening to us. Bye okay. bye.